Hey, Sobertown. Welcome to the Sobertown Podcast. I'm Julie. Some of you know me as Dry Mountain Mama, and I'm here with Steve Kay to bring you Sobertown's Rewired Podcast. We're diving into the book Rewired by Erica Spiegelman and learning how it can completely change the way we think and help us create a life so full that there's no space left for alcohol. Before we get started, I want to invite you to visit SobertownPodcast.com, where you will find all of the podcast episodes and tons of recovery-related resources. You'll find tools like Todd's blog, which includes his sobriety toolbox, filled with great ideas for handling cravings, reframing difficult thoughts, dealing with drinking situations, and everything else you need to tackle sobriety. We also want to give a shout-out to the I Am Sober app and the community there where many of us met and have found our tribe, creating the foundation for successful recovery. If you haven't yet, do go download the I Am Sober app and come join us there. I'd like to welcome back a friend from IAS and SoberTownPodcast.com, a huge supporter of Rewired and Rewired Zooms. She goes by Sober I Thrive on IAS. Viv, you're looking good tonight. How are you? (laughs) This is very good looking Viv. <laughs> All right. Sober I Thrive on the app on IAS. Hey, this is healthy relationships. So we're going to talk about how beautiful we are tonight. <laughs> this is a healthy relationship. <laughs> yes. So when we quit drinking and start focusing on recovery, one of the areas in our lives we have to really take a hard look at is our relationships. Um, and this can be everything from marriage or romantic relationships to family relationships. And I think it also includes friendships and bosses and coworkers. Um, I think a lot of us drank because we wanted to numb difficult emotions. And the relationships in our lives have the potential to create a lot of emotions that can be really hard to cope with. It can be difficult to take an honest inventory of our relationships and stand behind our values as we make decisions about which relationships to nurture and which ones to let go. But it's also really, really important. So Viv is here today to share some of her experiences in sobriety that are centered around the seventh topic in Rewired, which is healthy relationships. Hello. <laughs> Yay. Wow. all right all right all right so look I was looking at healthy relationships and my first thought when Steve asked me and approached me about it was I was like oh healthy relationships and then all all of a sudden it's like I had this flash like when you're um what's the flash when you're about to die and then your life flashes before your eyes (laughs) so I had that flash of what my relationships look like but then as I slowed the movie down and I came around back and I looked at it, I was like, it has nothing to do with anyone else but myself. And the reason I say that is because in healthy relationships, she basically says in the rewired program, um, if you base your sobriety on anyone else than yourself, you are you're going to fall. She even says it in the book, you know, Um, because people are finicky people. uh, And I, you know, there's the only person, and I don't want to say the only person I can count on is myself. That's not, that's not it. That's not the the basis of it. The basis of it is if 
I get healthy with myself, with my, because it all begins within ourselves. It says, um, we establish our own healthy relationships within ourselves by doing what? With the principles, putting in the boundaries, the authenticity, honesty, evolution, solitude, self-care, time management. And we're human. On top of all of that, we're human. We're going we're gonna to screw it up. So there's, yeah, there's no, there's no straight line. There's no, oh my God, I'm going to do this perfectly because we're not. But the beautiful part is we have no control of the outside. We only have control of the inside. Mm -hmm. So when I basically tell myself, I'm getting triggered by this person and then name whoever you want to, you, you want to name it. Cause that's what we say is, is, is. She talks about it. I'm going to talk about kind of the end of the chapter to look at everyone, to put it in a simplistic form, to look at everyone as a flame. Okay. So there's that flame and it's a dance, you know? Um, yeah. I love bonfires, but am I going to step into one? Right. I love the warmth of it, but am I going to stand to the point that I'm going to singe my eyebrows? Right. So yeah. it, it, it's, it's a dance. It's a dance that we're doing. Um, as far as with the other person now, but the other person has really nothing to do with anything uh, because it all starts with us. How much do I care in the beginning when we're trying to get sober? So there's so many, there's so many facets to this in the beginning when I was trying to get sober, the only thing I cared about is staying sober. Probably the kids and the world and everyone around me was could crumble but I had to stay sober. Mm -hmm. So that was the relationship, my main relationship. Why? Yep. Because I knew that the healthiest relationship that I was going to have from here on out was going to be with me. Mm -hmm. And as long as I was good and I could maintain my sobriety, I was no longer going to have blackouts, anxiety, fear, um, you know, self-worth issues because every day that I was showing up sober for myself was a, an act of self-love mm, so sure. right so it's like when you know in the beginning uh, we all come into the we all stumble into this place where our self-worth is at the bottom our self-love is at the bottom because of so many things that we've done that we're so ashamed of and you know, the, the biggest thing that we could do is in the healthiest relationships is the biggest, um, the biggest apology is a changed behavior, right? Because that is the only thing that we, that we have to ourselves first. If I cannot have a changed behavior and I can't apologize to myself, fuck, I really fucked that up and acknowledge that I fucked it up. That's the key point right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then, then, you know what? Um, then I can change the behavior, but if I can't acknowledge that I fucked it up, then I'm allowing the addict to still have the relationship and not myself. And that's not healthy. The addict wants to keep me in shame. The addict wants to keep me down and at a low level. So I, so the relationship of whoever walks in affects me. And I give myself that excuse to relapse. I mean, that's the truth. 
you know, I have this analogy um, because in, in doing the rewards, uh, we would talk about outside people outside of us. And what do I do with, you know, I, I'm just going to speak about myself. What do I do when my child does not act the way I want them to act? What do I do when my husband is still acting the way he acts? You know, and all those people are not my situation. And, and let's say um, in sobriety, we are going through so many changes in the beginning that the uncertainty of who we are and who we would become is frightening enough, right? So if we can just say, let me put that to the side and let me just focus on the relationship that I've never had that's going to be with me. And I've got to trust that it hasn't worked out with a bottle or with any addiction or with any coping mechanism or with any or clinging on to anyone else that it has to work. You know, it has to work with the inner relationship of a healthy relationship with myself. Exactly. That has to be the foundation. It does. It really does. And so they would, in the rewired, in, in my sobriety, I would people in my inner circle, and I was given this analogy by my sober coach and other people. Actually, it came from other people that I had talked to, just friends, wisdom. But they said, would you be really pissed off if a bird flew into your house and started smacking into the walls everywhere? Would you be really pissed off if it started taking a crap all over your furniture? It's, it flew in from the outside. You had no control over this. And it started just flailing around. Would you be pissed to hell? Or would you just say, it's a freaking bird and it's just shitting all over the place and I need to get it out as soon as possible? <laughs> right. It's just doing a bird thing, right? Right, yeah. So, so I kind of realized with that analogy, with every character that would walk through my life, they were the bird. They were just doing the bird thing. They were doing what they had been doing forever. I just yeah. didn't have the boundary. I didn't have a certain thing set up, which is perfect, she talks about, because it sets it, it, sets it up perfectly. The addict needs another addict in some sort of way or a dysfunctional way in order to be able to maintain that, you know, that level of alcohol, that alcoholism or addiction, right? Because yeah. then it, she does, she talks about this. She talks about that someone, and, and this would come in through, so I'll go back to the bird analogy. As long as I could tell that the person was just being the bird, then I could back off. And I could say they're just being, being the bird. And I, I just need to get them moved out with, with as little as maneuver around them, with as little damage as can happen around to myself in my surroundings. And not letting it take over your emotions because it doesn't mean to. Exactly. Yeah. That's the hardest thing. Right. Right? Because the... the the, the, the bird has been doing the bird shit for so long. Yeah. 
that you're not you're not gonna train it all of a sudden to <laughs> not yeah no, well, the could. longer we're sober, I think the more clearly we see what's going on and the more carefully we can choose how we're going to react or respond, I guess, instead of react, um, where forever, you know, if anything happens in our life, we just immediately knee-jerk reaction, emotionally explode. And the longer we're sober, I think the more wisdom we gain and the more carefully we can look at the situation and realize what's actually happening. Yeah, absolutely true. But also when we don't want to, and we want to fall into prey into that bird uh, torment, we've got to get real, real with ourselves and, and know that the healthy relationship part of us has to say, I need to get separation from this because this is going to be my relapse. Yeah. And if, and if I'm going to allow it, I don't want to say I'm a willing participant because the addict is always doing pushups in the parking lot. Well, I mean, first things first, right? is your sobriety the that boundary that that boundary is the first boundary you set and that's the one that stays that's the one that doesn't move that's the one that doesn't budge that's the one that sits there and it stays there and it's the one that determines if once you get back down to that foundation if it if it gets back down there that's the one that says whoa 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 yeah yeah i'm not budging i'm not moving now it's yeah. now it's down to the fact that it's affecting my it's I can feel that it's affecting my sobriety. This bird needs to leave. I need to leave the bird. I need to separate myself. Right? I need distance. Right? The I need bird distance. can have the house. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I need distance. I need distance right now. But see, that's the thing. So so yes. You, you, okay, so yeah, mm-hmm. the bird has that, right? So mm-hmm. so we've already, we've identified that there's all kinds of birds in our life, okay? Where there's the parrots and there's the ravens and there's the blue jays and all of that. Everybody, they're all birds. Beach when chickens? We can, and we have chickens too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? If we can look at it like that, it really, for me, it took so much off of me because I was like, it, it gave me the perspective of this, this person has not been acting this way as from the moment I decided to stop drinking. They didn't say, Viv, you know what? You're going to stop. You stop drinking today. All right. Today is the first day I'm going to pull my shit. No, they've been doing their shit so long. That is the same. Their behavior hasn't changed. The behavior was a healthy relationship. I started to create within me. Yeah. And then, so we were, we're through and we're navigating our healthy relationship. Okay. So then I've got the single people that have joined the Rewired and hadn't, um, you know, they would ask me and they would say, how will I know who I'm going to choose as a mate? I'm scared. I'm, you know, I drank because of my last relationship or all my relationships have been really bad. How will I know? And then I was like, well, because you're different, because you are not the same person. Because you take self-care of yourself. You take stock in what you own. You know your value. You know when you're being pushed. You know when you're being, you, your inner guidance that we all have that says this doesn't feel right will come up and you will no longer be able to ignore it. The reason that you were able, that the addict was able to survive with out there in that playing field is because you didn't know what was going on. You weren't even being good to yourself. How could someone else be good to you? 
Or how could you even look? If, if you stumbled on someone that was already good to you, by the grace of God, God bless them. But if you were being mistreated, you wouldn't know the difference because you were under the illusion of the alcohol or the addiction and you, and you needed brokenness to meet you at your brokenness. Well, and so often we're so horrible to ourselves that when someone else is horrible to us, we just accept it as that is that we're used to it already. It doesn't even oh, seem yeah. shocking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Absolutely. it's not as horrible to yourself as like if they're, you know, you're still more horrible to yourself than that person. So you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, they're pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, I had this, you know, a, um, a, a friend of mine, he did coaching and he made me do this exercise when, and I thought it was very eye opening with this going into this healthy relationships type of thing. So, um, so then I started implementing it and started thinking about it when they would ask me, like, how will I know? How will I know? Because I, you know, I can't shun away and just be on Zooms, you know, and not meet people in real life, right? So I've got to meet people in real life because what ends up happening in the collective of where we are at, you go through the sobriety, you're in the Zooms, you're in the IAS, and you're doing all of this. And it's all virtually, but at some point you start, there's so many feelings that come up in the, um, in healthy relationships, as far as you're mourning your old self, you're, it's a host, is the, it's a hostage negotiation with yourself. Yeah. You know, it's the, what do they call it? Um, Stockholm syndrome that you go through, you know, you're in love with the captor that mistreated you. So you go through that. And then the exercise, once you start, once you're, okay, I'm sober, I've got stacked time. Now I'm really, I'm now I'm into shaking hands and kissing babies and meeting people and doing all of that stuff. You're like, how do I know? I'm scared. So one of the exercises was write down the qualities, either of a, either if you want to categorize them, friends, um, lovers you know, people that you want to have a relationship with, put what you want in those people, write it down to the T. Don't, if it's 25, if it's 30, however many you need to list. Okay. And then you're going to take that list and you're going to look at that list of all those things that you see on that piece of paper. And you're going to say, okay, how many of those am I? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if, I'm going to show up one way and want something else. That's not a healthy relationship. If I'm going to show up to, let's say, listen to, um, I don't know, Gypsy Kings or, I don't know, Celine Dion. But everybody is, you know, um, heavy metal in the crowd. That's not a healthy relationship. So I think by us, writing it down on a piece of paper. And she talks about this too. She talks about it as a foundation of people that are already existing. Mm -hmm. But I I wanna go a step further and let's talk about the people that that don't exist in our life. And now we have to, now we have the healthy relationship with ourselves. We know how to nurture ourselves. We know how to love ourselves. We're not drinking anymore. We're not easily swayed. We're not moving. We have grown, I don't want to say disciplined because discipline is doing hard. 
we are loving ourselves in the entirety and the truthfulness of what we're meant to, to be living. Love, joy, peace, abundance. And abundance just isn't money. Abundance is, is fulfillment. Abundance is bliss. So right. when we're able to live in all of those, because now we're able to li live and feel them and we go through the, the, the big thought and the, the big feelings. So if we've done all of this inner work on ourselves, now we're ready to share everything that we have inside with someone else. So, you know, she talks about, let's start with the inventory of the people that we have in our life. What, where do they fit? How, what do they look like? And I thought that was really interesting because um, she says, list them in categories, you know? Um, it, it says your circle, you can write the names of the folks that, that you like, the people that you trust, the people that are kind of in the gray area there, right? And yeah. then it's kind of like, I mean, I'm just gonna say, it's kind of like when you have a big wedding and you have... <laughs> The, the short list, <laughs> the short list, and then the, and then the list of people that other people want to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what she says in the book. You need to write your. Who's invited to your party? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Who's invited to your party? Because this is a party. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a pretty happy person, and I'm really. <laughs> I I hadn't noticed. It. I hadn't <laughs> noticed at all. Like, you know I mean, what? I'm trying to tone it down a little bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great, Viv. It's absolutely great. Don't tone that down. <laughs> no, keep that She's fire burning. I know. Keep that fire burning. I'll stand back so I can keep my eyebrows, but you keep that fire burning. <laughs> I don't need them anyways. They don't do anything. <laughs> anyways. So, yeah. What? <laughs> Our life is a party. Now it's a party. Now it's a party because we're not stuck in the corner, not remembering what the fuck happened at a party. Not right. at the party. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and there's nobody telling us Oh, it looked like you were having a good time. No, I know I had a good time, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. That's the healthy relationship. Yeah. So, okay, so you've 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 now you've done your guest list and now you know, but now you want to meet new people, and that's the where the other list comes from. You know, when you're writing this, think about who you are and how you are showing up in order to be able to invite the kind of people that you want into your life. And that's the, another thing that she says. She says, set intention. This is intentional. We're no longer living our life and letting it happen to us. That's, We're I was going to say, how often does it happen that somebody is just in your life and so they are your friends because they happen to be there. And I think when you stop and really start taking a look honestly at some of those relationships that are just there because they've always been there, you start realizing that those wow. aren't intentional friendships. They just, they're just there. And so there's something really different about going out and carefully selecting the people that are going to be a part of your life now. 
Right. And you know what? And, and that's a really good point to bring up because she even says that when you're going to go through this, it's kind of like, like a breakup, right? She says, let them, let them leave in love. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is so pretty. I would love to be let go in love like this. <laughs> let me go ever in love. Let me go like this. This is the way I want to go out in anybody's life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because she talks about this and she's like you know in the self-awareness you see what the damage that this person did you couldn't count on them you know it just it's it sucks sometimes you know it sucks in the sense that we're so awake now and we're living such an awakened life without the booze that shit that used to fly doesn't fly anymore exactly standards that were there I'm sorry. Standards are there now. Yeah, standards. Yeah, we have standards. The standards are there now. The bar has been raised. You realize that the relationships that you did have, the standards were really low because your standard for yourself was really low. And my friend, and you know what the beautiful, the 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 freaking thing of it is, because I've been uh, approached with this. Well, what do I do about? This person, you do nothing. You allow them mm-hmm. to be because they are happy. Yeah. You can say this, you know, it's not working for me in my healthy relationship that I'm having with myself. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if, if I can cuss or not, but I can fuck myself up. <laughs> I don't need don't to fucking else. swear on here. God damn it. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, hey, I forgot. We're <laughs> We're sober, not monks. For fuck's sake, Jim. <laughs> Cut that shit out. You know, I keep confusing the two. I'm like, I'm to know we don't deserve that we yeah. we know we deserve better right and i've been approached um by people that i love that will say well kind of well it'll be something like in the way of um um well i don't like it you know i i don't like whatever it is that i'm doing that didn't fit their script uh-huh well i like me what i'm doing and that's the breakage of the codependence relationship. That is like people pleasing. Yeah. Yes. I like who I am. Right. Right. And, and going and so so when you're like, you don't have to like me. I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing this for me, sweetie. Uh-huh. So it's okay. You you step out. I love that. You ain't got it. Hey, sweetie. <laughs> Sweetie, bless your heart. Yeah, bless your heart, sweetie. I'm a leaving you in love. (laughs) You know, this is the thing. This is the thing that it's like you ain't gotta change. I love you the way you are, but you gotta go. Yeah, (laughs) I can love you over there. Yeah, you are so great. 
on the other side of that window because this bird ain't <laughs> flying in this house no more. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. You know what? I want your happiness as much as you want it. So I am allowing you not to look, not to have a healthy relationship with you yeah. with a closed fist and trying to change. Yeah. I'm opening yeah. the hand and letting you go mm -hmm. because I want your happiness. And that's truly the healthy way to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fuck. Should have been living like this a long time ago. Oh no. It is. <laughs> it's incredible. Once you start, like you work through all of the authenticity, the honesty, like you really start getting to know who you really are and actually kind of loving who you are and everything changes it's so okay if people don't like you anymore that's fine like if we love right, ourselves right. we don't need them anymore right and you know what and the other thing that um she she talks about is you know some relationships i know you know you can't separate yourself from the kids i guess <laughs> <it. laughs> much as we but would like to <laughs> sister <laughs> oh we're bringing sister back in here Oh my God! We could have a whole whole other hour on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Man, pull the pin, chuck the bomb. All right. <laughs> <You> explode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because if I could, because if I could, <laughs> but, but you know when you when you. I don't want to say when you gave birth to these people, you will cut them a little bit of slack. <laughs> there, there are certain people that you will cut slack, but that's yeah. the bird analogy, right? We will minimize certain things and right. we, will, we will, we will allow and we will have as we, as we are compassionate to ourselves, we throw, we have enough compassion for others. I think too, we all have a limited amount of energy. And so we can look at the relationships in our lives. And some of those relationships deserve a lot of energy to try to make them work and to Absolutely. try to keep building them. And she also talks about how we teach others how to treat us. Oh, definitely. And with our children, especially if with every action and every interaction and, and every conversation, we're teaching our kids how to treat us or teaching our parents how to treat us or, or whatever. I mean, those are relationships that might be really difficult, but you can't just say, sorry, mom, this isn't working out. You know? <laughs> yeah. and so then that's where, that's where that energy has to go. And then we start learning how to communicate and we, we start learning all of those skills that you know, we started right. learning it ourselves and then we start trying to take those out into, into those. Right. And that's, that's the thing that I've had <clears throat> when talking about this topic with health, healthy relationships, we as addicts all share major traits. We want everything to be fixed instantaneously that took years to create. Patience. Yeah. And patience and not only that, but we don't need to fix everything right now. We don't know, especially in your first year, um, I was given a great piece of advice that I wish my, <clears throat> I, I wish my mom would have been given when my dad died is um, when someone dies, they say, don't make any major 
financial decisions. Don't make anything in the first year, right? Well, it's the same thing with sobriety. In the first year, we're barely getting our heads on screwed, right? I mean, we're barely figuring out who we are. Much less could we make a decision about the person next to us or around us. We don't know who we are. Let's cut, let's cut ourselves some slack. If not for them, for us. Because I remember, remember incidents where I was just getting worked up and pissed off and I'm sober and I'm like, what? the fuck what kind of shit is this happening around me but it's been happening and then I you know my sober coach was very she told me don't make any major decisions unless it's going to affect your sobriety and that's what I did and I waited and and I did and I separated myself you know I separated with my husband I did I didn't, I didn't divorce my mom, but she was very close, you know, and the kids, you know, they had their own, I did, I did a separation. Um, I, I, I called it a timeout and it was a timeout and it wasn't, it was to gain perspective of the relationship because when, um, and, and that's the thing is that people, we want to do everything in definites and that also can lead to, um, feelings not only are you going through being sober but now you're you're going through feeling fucky you know sucky fucky whatever you know it just it just sucks both together right so um it's okay to cut those people and everyone some slack especially when in the first year you're just trying to get yourself right i think there's a lot of wisdom in taking a pause um and i think I want to say it's in this chapter. She talks about disconnecting for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much to be said for that because once you get sober, everything looks different. It looks completely different. And you're still figuring out what your standards are. You're still still figuring out how you expect to be treated or how you deserve to be treated. And it's so easy. Once you start feeling better, you're like, I don't deserve that. I deserve better than this. And, you know, and then you just start blowing every relationship right the fuck up. (laughs) It's so easy to do. You know, you just walk in and you're like setting bombs everywhere because it's not the way that it's supposed to look. And there's so much wisdom. Just stop, breathe, pause. Let's assess the situation. (laughs) Let's see what it feels like to be sober for a while before I decide to light that fuse. Right, right. There's that movie can't remember the name of it where the guy walks in and he's like fuck you fuck you fuck you <laughs> you were like fuck you. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the same shit. Yes. we got the same thing going on so pause before yep. we do anything pause let's get to know ourselves let's go through let's go through the rewired let's pick up the book let's get let's do so i love the the whole bucket list for myself that was one of the things do the sober bucket list of things that you wanted to do but you couldn't do because you were afraid for me i'm talking about myself because i was too afraid i was going to get drunk at the event so i was like nah because what ends up happening in addiction first yeah the commercials look great don't they everybody's like having that brunch and they're out and the sun shining and everything but then they don't show the part where everybody's getting drug home or there's a big fight 
at the end of the night mm-hmm. or a blackout, you know, all those things. And so what ends up, what I believe is that we need to take the pause, get to know ourselves sober and do the things that we wanted to do. I wanted to, I made a, a bucket list and I still have things that I want to do, you know, um, take dance lessons. I want to learn tango. Awesome. I never, yeah. I could have never done that before, but the, I mean, these are, out, some of them are outlandish and some of them are very minuscule, like go to a soup kitchen. I've done that one because I wanted to meet other people. I wanted to meet people just, you know, that not coming from, um, uh, that they were getting sober. I just wanted to meet people in the community. And, and so that was a good way. And also, um, I was, for me, I was one step away from being that, even though I was high functioning and I'm like, sweetheart, we're all high functioning. Until you're not. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Until you're dysfunctional. Well, you're completely dysfunctioning. Right. It just looks good. On the commercial. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but but that's where that's where 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 it ends and where it's at. And you know, until we're we're not functioning, nobody can see because we're recluse now. We sit at home. We sit sedentary, and so now we have the opportunity after a time because that's the thing in the first four months I, I in like I, I deal with a lot of the ladies and a lot of people in this uh, community and they're like am I ever ever going to be able to go out amongst the public when I couldn't even go to um CVS uh, well a liquor store not a liquor store a uh, pharmacy and they mm-hmm. sell liquor in pharmacies here so go walking through them I remember me and Armin we're walking through the doors and we're going to get bandages or whatever it is. And the right in front of us is the liquor aisle. It was like kryptonite to me. Like there was a wall right there and I veered right and I couldn't even go through it. Yeah. That was in my first week of sobriety. And I told my sober coach and then uh, uh, Armin, you know, coming out, he's like, well, where'd she go? But the, what I, what, why I bring this up is what early sobriety looks like to what it looks like a year later is totally different. Yeah. Right. A, a month later, three yeah. months later, six months later, yes. nine months later, it just it, 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 it is forever revolving. Right. And be patient with yourself yeah. because I, that's, you know, some people have told me, well, I'm in a bad mood and I'm like, and you get to, it's okay. Right. Yeah, it's you know, it's impossible to be happy for that uh, an ex- like that extended period of time. It's just like that just doesn't happen, right? Like bad well, stuff ba- happens. It's life. The, that's that's life. The baby analogy comes to mind when I talk to some of the people when we're talking about this is when a baby starts to crawl to walk or yeah to crawl to walk when it gets up on on you know starts to walk and he falls or she falls. Do we smack the baby across its forehead and say, get the fuck up, stupid? No, we don't. (laughs) What we do is we nurture it. And we say, good job, get up, man. Yes. What the analogy is, is 
we're going to have bad days. Doesn't mean we have to drink. You get to be in a shitty mood. It's all right. You're getting to know each other. This is the man in the mirror. This is a relationship now. And this is so beautiful because the evolution of the healthy relationship within yourself is just, oh, dang, I wish I would have known this a long time ago, but it's never too late. And I'm so happy I'm here now. Viv, it all starts with having a healthy relationship with yourself, navigating around that birdhouse, finding love, joy, abundance, and fulfillment, taking the inventory of people in your life and using self-awareness to keep and leave in love by staying true to yourself. Thank you for bringing the fun, honesty, and laughter, your heart, and a great conversation about healthy relationships. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was great. You are fantastic. So yeah. many good points tonight. Really appreciate it. So good. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so good. I can't wait to do this and again. so much fun. You yeah. are a blast to hang yeah. out with. <laughs> hey, so are you gonna and now we have a dance love? party. Yeah. Are you going to leave me in love? <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, we will. Awesome. We have to because the only way we can get this recording is to leave you in love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is necessary. I love it. And to our listeners, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. And we'll be back soon with another episode of Sobertown's Rewired podcast.